Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Arsenal Pass, episode 43. I'm here joined by Chalice, the legendary flesh and blood cosplayer at this point. <laughs> Recently did Azalea, and I think I actually saw Alevia up on Twitter, which is really awesome. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us, and how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for inviting me here. It's great to finally be on um, Arsenal Pass. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you, um, to just kind of get your perspective on the game and I don't know. It's like it's so exciting. I think that this this side of flesh and blood is a side that you know people like Hayden and I haven't had too much exposure to. Mm. But at the same time, I think it's absolutely the most important side. You know, the this like the casual side, the fun side, cosplaying. You know, ultimate mm. pit fight, blitz, all these things. This is really stuff that I want to really dive into and understand. You know how flesh and blood is. You're serving that market and what everybody is, you know, interested in doing. And I honestly think it's the core of what's going to bring mass adoption in this game. So it fascinates me. But first of all, where are you currently located? Like, where is your local scene? So um, I would say I'm in the like southeast of the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a pretty local uh, game store to myself. And I know there are a couple like other ones that are close to me. So we have quite a big uh, scene in my area, I would say. Yeah, so UK Flesh and Blood, I'm I'm a bit familiar. I did a lot of like online skirmishes with them and mm-hmm. <laughs> just ended up running into a lot of those guys. Are you local to like uh Sharif or Hamish or any of those guys? Sorry. To me, like from my understanding of that scene, yeah. like, it's all kind of just the UK, but um, I have no <laughs> idea where exactly they are located. Yeah. I'm not too sure whereabouts they are located to be quite honest. But um But not your local scene. Obviously. Yeah, n- not that not that I've ever met them in person, just happened to bump into them <laughs> in the yeah. store, to be honest. What is it like out there? Is Flesh and Blood pretty popular? Um, did your store recently pick it up, or you know, just so? Uh, yeah, so I think I remember back in I think November last year. I remember seeing them uh, all of a sudden start advertising at like the checkout area with like, "Hey, maybe do you want to maybe pick up like a pack of Flesh and Blood?" So it was only relatively recently that my my local shop started to stock the product because I would go in pretty much every week to get um, like Pokemon packs. So I would usually keep an eye out on anything new that had popped up. So it was only recently that they had started advertising and trying to like get more people into it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they started doing events in the new year once they'd got enough um, interest, which is nice. So I'd say we have about um, 10 to 15 regular players at the local game shop. Wow, that's pretty good. So you, yeah. mentioned, you, know, you mentioned Pokemon there. So do you have sort of a history of trading card games before Flesh and Blood? Yeah, I, um, that's where I started. My, uh, my partner Aiden and I collect Pokemon cards together. Um, he had like, um, a sm- like a decent sized collection, but he hadn't actively been collecting them for a while. And we we had just gone down to the local game shop and we saw, what was it? I think it was um, Shining Legends, that set. And that's where we just sort of dove in and never really stopped, to be honest. So we've got a lot, quite a lot um, of cards just sitting around at home and like binders upon binders. Um, But we didn't really explore the playing side. It was more for like a collector's um, hobby. Um, We did try and play the format, but um, I think... I don't know. I, I couldn't really get into it as much as I am now with Flesh and Blood. That's the sort of play style that I like more, I would say. Yeah. So it's a kind of a great follow up. So is that what brought you kind of attracted you to Flesh and Blood? Was it, you know, was it first maybe the art style or you just kind of picked it up out of curiosity? And then was there some sort of kind of gameplay mechanic that kept you here, right? Like what about mm. Flesh and Blood do you enjoy? 
I think I think what was most intriguing in the first place was just the general kind of um, objective with the game. So playing in person with people to experience the whole like tabletop yeah. aspect is I thought that's a really nice sentiment to to push across for, for a card game. So I thought that sounds nice and wholesome. Let's let's give it a shot. Um, and then immediately when I was trying to understand the the concept of the game, the whole resource uh, system, the the combat chain, that was already unique to me. Um, and I think I did try and play a bit of Magic and a bit of Yu-Gi-Oh as well, but they were a bit too complex for me to try and start off into. And I think Flesh and Blood was quite a nice way of trying to understand how to play a card game at first and then be able to master it. Yeah. Absolutely. What was it like jumping in to Flesh and Blood and starting to do content? I saw a little. I saw a post <laughs> on your Twitter, so I have a. I have a bit of an idea of sort of the reception you got. But can you just dive into that a bit? Yeah, please? I'd love to. <laughs> so, um, so I had started off playing um, Briar, and then I moved to Bravo, and then I started to try and play Azalea. Um, sort of on the side is something a little bit different. So I was looking at the Azalea card art one day and I thought, you know what, this would be like a really nice thing to try and recreate because at the time I was lacking ideas um, for what to cosplay. Usually I, I would try and cosplay like once a month from like an anime or like a video game and I was really stuck for ideas one day and I was staring at the card art and I just thought, I could probably try and do my best to recreate this. So I had, I had a go, I had, did my best. I had posted it onto my Twitter, which I wasn't really using much at the time. Yeah. And a couple of days went past with sort of my regular amount of interaction. And then all of a sudden I checked my phone one day <laughs> and I, I, I was in shock, to be honest. I was getting, you know, likes and retweets and like people messaging me. And I just thought, where has this come from all of a sudden? And it was just this really amazing community um, on Twitter specifically of this n really nice collection of people and content creators who were so generous with their with their kind words and their like interacting with my posts that really sort of boosted it and sort of I, I, I don't want to brag or anything but I feel like a lot of people were discovering me through this one cosplay the, the young Azalea cosplay so <laughs> it was so shocking to be honest but really nice it was amazing yeah, and I think that you're bringing something to Flesh and Blood to the community that didn't have before, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it's it goes a little bit deeper than just kind of cosplaying. You know, if effectively mm -hmm. you're taking this game that we all feel so attached to and we've built this story out, but then you're translating that to real life, right? Like we get mm -hmm. to see this manifestation of az Azalea or Levia. And there's something mm -hmm. about that just just, it's so cool, right? To kind of see this uh, personification of you know, like a brute hero or even Azalea. <laughs> so... I think it's awesome, and yeah, I mean, I definitely saw it making its round on tw its rounds on Twitter, and I was really <laughs> excited. Gosh, um, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, in regards to cosplaying, <laughs> we're gonna have to kind of like take it way back to the foundation because my understanding of this process is pretty <laughs> basic. So, mm -hmm. can you kind of what it what it's like, right, from the ideation of what you want to do, and then all the way to the execution like what does that process look like and how do you select it and mm. what do you what steps do you go through before we actually get to see the final product on twitter okay so where i usually start with i sort of break down um a character's outfit into like really simple sort of areas so like top 
bottom and then accessories. So I try and really simplify it. So when I looked at the young Azalea one, I was like, she's got a red top, she's got like these brown leggings, and then she's got like belts and sort of various sort of bags and accessories. So I was like, I can work with that. So I was like, find a, like a decent like style matching red top and like brown leggings. And then I had to like fashion these belts into like her big utility um, and like sort of satchels and quivers and and stuff like that. Um, and then I had done like some armor making as well, which um, mm -hmm. is my favorite part to do is crafting armor for cosplays. So in my head, I had sort of written down sort of these objectives of I need to do this, 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 and then it will all uh, like a whole bring together the whole outfit. So in terms of the crafting, I had tried to fashion like these sort of pleather, leather um, sort of pauldrons and then taken a belt to fashion them together, um, do some painting like with some aerosol spray just to try and get like the color match as close as possible. That's what I always try and do, try and get as close as possible to recreating the, the original image because I think that is really what sets apart like trying yeah. to... In, be inspired by a cosplay and then trying to do it like perfect picture which is I'm quite a perfectionist so I try my best to like <laughs> I, I will I will let you know like a little editing secret because this is the next thing after I have taken the picture I will then try and edit like some of the color values a little bit mm -hmm. so that that actual like top was quite a bright red and I thought hmm, well the azalea one is more sort of like a deep darker red so in, in post-editing, I will try and adjust some of the color values, try and make it match um, the original card art um, a lot better. Um, and then I upload it, and then I see what kind of reception I get. <laughs> what is the, what's the time horizon for a project like this? Uh, mm. Is there like a kind of a standard time that these things take? Um, to be honest, <laughs> I don't really keep track of how long it takes me to do something um, from start to finish. It's more, I am quite time conscious in a sense that I need to finish and post this cosplay as quick as possible, um, especially with um, the Icelander reveal. I feel like when that had come up, I was like, I really want to take advantage of all this nice hype leading up to Everfest. I will try my best to get something out as quick as possible. So that that picture in particular took me like uh, maybe like an hour and a half to to draw all of the nice uh, <laughs> nice sort of magic yeah. patterns. Um, the Azalea one had taken me, I would say, about um on and off for like two days because i had to paint and then let it dry before i had to um like do further layers that's the most annoying part when i have to paint something you have to let it dry and set before you start meddling with it a bit more <laughs> i'm quite impatient so i was sort of waiting and coming back and like touching it and seeing if it was still because <laughs> i wanted to do it as quickly as possible yeah. but at the same time i with my current projects i would try and maybe prioritize quality a bit more because as much as people have been nice and saying, wow, this is a really good cosplay, in my head I'm like, well, I could have maybe have spent more time doing this to make it a bit more refined. Yeah, I particularly thought that the Icelander one was awesome, right? Because we it had, just been, it had just been spoiled. Like, I saw the <laughs> card and, like, you know, I had this, like, very cursory understanding of the hero. Mm -hmm. I'd, like, I'd seen it a few times and then, boom, there it is, like, in real life <laughs> on a person. And that was sweet. That got That was probably one of the, like, most exciting you know, spoiler s things yes. of Everfest, right? And it's like, that's a part of the spoiler season in and of itself is like, you see this, this full display of Icelanders. So that was actually, <laughs> that was awesome. I want to ask you, what drew you to cosplaying in the first place? That's a really good question. Um, I think it was, 
It was just, as you said before, trying to bring a character to life and what it might appear like, you know, in 3D in the real world, in a sense. Um, I think I just wanted to demonstrate um, my sort of passion for uh, a game or a series. Because um, in a way, I've always found that I've never been like a particularly competitive person or necessarily like, <laughs> it sounds bad, but like good at doing things in the sense of like I'm not like the best <laughs> so <laughs> I, I know that sounds like I'm, I'm putting myself down a bit but what I found that I could do is like makeup and make costumes and in a way if I feel like I could show my love for something by putting it into that medium in a sense that's when I felt like a sense of satisfaction with myself so my very first cosplay back in 2016 was when the game Overwatch came out for the first time and I was like oh I really want to um like cosplay from this from this game I'm not very good at it but this is how I will try and like build up hype for it coming out so ever since then it was just like this is how I'm going to demonstrate my love and my passion for something. Um, so it just kind of went from there, really. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned you're a player, of course. What kind of formats do you like to play? Um, do you, mm. Are you like class constructed, blitz, maybe limited? So at first I had really enjoyed playing the blitz format. I think it's the best way to start learning, um, even though it's over with very quickly once um, once I got a taste for the constructed. I really like classic constructed. That is probably my all-time favorite um, mm-hmm. way of playing, especially because I main Bravo. Um, I like having that extra uh, HP to sort of use as a resource in a sense. That I'm just like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take 12, you know, that means nothing to me. <laughs> but in a Blitz format, maybe I would have to be a bit more careful of that. So I like I like Classic Constructed. I feel like it's a really good way of, like, showcasing more cards. You've got a lot more flexibility of what to work with because you've got a bigger card pool. Um, but I do like Blitz, especially for learning um, new characters. So I tried Azalea and Blitz, and I <laughs> I was like, hmm, I kind of want to try her a bit, <laughs> a bit more. So uh I finally started to make a uh, CC deck for Azalea, which I'm very happy to say is coming along nicely. Yeah, and hopefully in Everfest we get a little bit of upgrades. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <Everfest. laughs> oh, yeah, I've got room. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you, like you, you mentioned you main Bravo, do you, do you feel mm-hmm. an attachment to the Guardian class in sort of um, like a role play sort of sense? Or do you just like the actual kind of turn-by-turn gameplay style of you know, a hero like Bravo? I think it's a little bit of both. I when I first saw Bravo, I first saw his um his crush confidence card and I was like, that that is a cool guy. <laughs> I wanna play this guy. Um the whole theming behind the Bravo cards I find is so humorous and really funny. Um so that was my initial reason for picking him up. And then once I started playing him, I was like, this is a really like satisfying way for me to play. I really like doing like big attacks i really like going tall um that was so satisfying to me just to be like all right here you go 11 would dominate and then just sit back and be like Haha, how are they gonna deal with that <laughs> that's what i was doing um at my um my uh draft event at the weekend i found really funny everyone was like oh come on now do your dominate and whatever <laughs> and to me that that is why i just really like to play brother i just think he's simple in a sense that's just like one big massive attack <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned that you played the Welcome to Wraith Farewell draft. I did, yeah. Weekend. Talk to me about that experience. 
So it was my very first time playing any event. Um, any time like playing against my usual sort of friend group when we, we play sort of friendlies at home. Um, it was quite a spontaneous decision, actually. I wasn't planning on going originally, um, but I had my friends over and they were like, yeah, we're going to go. Maybe you, you should see if you there's still a ticket available because I know we had a limited amount due to the size of our store. And I said, okay, if there's a ticket available, then I will go. And then I, I went online and it was like one ticket remaining. And I was like, you know what? I'll just do it and see how I get on. Um, and I was so nervous my whole way there. I was just <laughs> like, oh, I've, <laughs> God, I was so anxious. I just, I didn't really know what I, why I was so anxious, to be honest. I think it was just a whole new experience for playing the game with people I wasn't used to playing with, um, different decks I hadn't played against yet as well. Um, so I was just so anxious on my way there. But as soon as I sat down, it was a really nice, like, cozy um, sort of basement of our local game store. We all sort of fit into one corner. Uh, everyone was really nice. Um, and it was, I played against three Dorinthians. <laughs> which was i'd never played against dorinthia before can i add oh, yeah. so i after that evening i was like okay <laughs> i don't want to see her again to be honest yeah. i need a cool down <laughs> so um that was that was a really good experience and then um i played against my my partner who played reiner and he had previously been making a reiner deck and i had been quite familiar how to play against reiner so that was like a breath of fresh air in a way <laughs> i was like no more dorinthia please give me a break <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, he did great. He was 4-0 undefeated. So congrats to you, Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can bond over our mutual hate for Dorinthia. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 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 I mean, no offense, but but after like the first couple of games, I was just like, I know what you're going to do. <laughs> It's okay. I mean, full offense. No. <laughs> Dorinthia, yeah, Dorinthia is. Um, it's a funny class, right? It's been sort oh, yeah. of a sort of a boy since literally its inception. Obviously, it's um, in kind of recent uh, metas with Monarch and Tales of Aria, it's fallen uh, back a bit in its representation. But in the early stages of the game, Dorinthia was extremely popular mm. in class constructed, pretty much all the way through Crucible of War, and that's like that's the deck that is probably the most punishing to play against as like yeah. you know i guess the first time the first few times you play against dorinthia because it's just mm -hmm. like block boom okay you get hit by like 15 oh, yeah. or 10 or something over <laughs> the top of the attack reaction so yeah dorinthia is uh dorinthia has got a funny spot in terms of like you know people either either love her or hate her <laughs> yeah um, oh yeah but i mean that's awesome yeah they i got i was lucky enough to play a welcome to Wraith farewell event as well and a lot of nostalgia. I mean, I haven't really drafted mm. that set since like 2019. So wow, uh, yeah, I had a, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, it was great. But in regards to what you said in terms of getting nervous for events like that, mm. that's very normal. I, I was extremely <laughs> nervous and you know anxious before my first armory event, whether you know for flesh and blood, and then also for magic. And then when I went to my my first like calling or big event. No way, Same yeah. thing, right? Like, <laughs> there's like a big joke between some of our like testing group, specifically me and my friend Dante, and we get like terribly nervous at the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning of these big tournaments. So the like, we like always have our first three rounds of the scariest ones for us to lose because we just like mess up and stuff. And I remember I went to the Vegas calling. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. talk to the I wouldn't talk to the guy that was running coverage. And I was like, "Hey, my friend Dante's here. He really wants to be on stream, and he's super excited." So he put him on round one, 
And this wow. is like a huge event. We flew all the way out to Vegas. And I mean, Dante did not want to be on stream. Like he, he was mortified. I've never, he was oh, terrified. <laughs> and they put us both on stream, but I, my camera broke. So I was on the other side of him. I finished my event. Oh. I turn around and my friend Dante, he's like sitting there with his mask. And I just see him wiping the sweat off of his face. His mask is wet, like oh, so no. nervous. And then he just looks at me and he's like, <laughs> you son <laughs> yeah god it's so funny but yeah it takes so long to get over that i'm not even over it either like the first the first few rounds of an event like oh, i get so nervous <laughs> so, so it's insane. good to know it's uh it's really good to know that it's not a lot of people show it but i i was just i was like why am i so nervous you know i went in there with no expectations for myself mm -hmm. which i think was the best way to do it because it was my very first event i had no idea how it was going to go um it's all when you're when you're doing a draft it's all up to luck I, I would say you'll get what you're given in the packs and then the rest will just sort of uh, do itself so i think you know i was very pleasantly surprised that i managed to not win one game but two and i was like oh, i'll take that <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Was it two out of three or was it two out of six? It was, uh, we, I only played four, we did one draft, it was four games, I went two, okay. two. Um, so three, Drenthia, one Reiner, and it was like win, loss, win, loss. So it was quite a nice, quite a nice, um, yeah. Nice. Do you think you'll be playing more events, um, you know, like these sanctioned events in the future? I think so, yeah. I think that gave me quite a nice idea. I think once I got the first one out of the way, I was like, oh, I feel like all that first first time nerves drop. So I feel like I've got like a nice taste for it now. So who knows? Maybe I will play play something else. We'll see. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. You think about playing some of the uh, the callings that are going to oh, come up? Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to. <laughs> uh, I I feel like I need to obviously practice, practice, practice. Um, I think. Bravo is my is my boy. Um, I feel most comfortable playing him. That's why I felt okay going to the draft because I was like, I'm going to play Bravo, like regardless of what cards I get, <laughs> I can rely on him. So I feel like if I'm going to play anything, it, it will be will be him. And I feel like Guardian will be in a very good position coming up with some really nice cards as well. I agree with you. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's looking crazy. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know if you know this, but I also mm -hmm. might be incorrect on this part. But I, when we were in the Vegas calling, there was a few, like, uh, I think there was three cosplayers that were there. Yes. Um, yeah. And I believe like Channel Fireball actually like flew them out. And I think they were contracting. Yes, um, I heard that as well. Yeah. So I think that that's something Amazing. that they, they want to do. You know, they want to have this attraction, right? Because I mean, this is like an awesome thing to see in real, like, you go to, an event you see like mm. re the real life azalea is that something that you might consider doing because yes you know, obviously yes please <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honestly um i do this as a hobby mm -hmm. but knowing that it can lead to all sorts of things like the opportunities that were, were given to those um, amazing cosplayers i would love it if anyone's watching this please <laughs> it would just be it's just an amazing thing to just sort of do it as a hobby and then get all of these nice opportunities like even right now being on this uh, podcast is just something I couldn't have ever dreamed of doing. So I'm, I'm really just so blessed. So anything else that is handed to me, any opportunity, I would love to do. And, and being part of um, like an event, like I love going to conventions anyway. So mm -hmm. being at a calling in cosplay would probably be, be the ultimate dream for me, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I think that that is a very reasonable goal to have in 2022. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We'll aim for it. Because, <laughs> like, obviously, they're going to be trying to do that in Europe as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in the United States, they had those three that they 
you know, they contracted for that event. But I mean, it's someone who's already cosplaying actively for Flesh and Blood, is a part of the community, and is located in that Europe, that European region. I mean, it's like a perfect fit. So, and I know for us, like when we went to Vegas, um, this is because mm-hmm. this was like kind of the first big US event, people were blown away by the cosplayers. Like it was so mm-hmm. awesome, so cool. And I think for us in Flesh and Blood, because we are sort of a smaller game that's emerging onto the scene, mm-hmm. To see something like that, to see people, you know, taking it from that angle, like from a cosplayer angle, it's like so awesome because it makes us feel like, you know, we're real, right? At least like this game is yeah, here to stay yeah. and it's like evolving and there's like all these different types of audience that, audiences that come together under this one game, but are here for, you know, you, you know, some, not all the same reasons, some different reasons, but we all kind of exist and co-mingled together and now we, you know, we're creating this awesome future. So, <laughs> yeah, excited. no, but it's yeah. They, those cosplays were great. They um, when I had first done sort of a little bit of research on Flesh and Blood, I did sort of type into Google Flesh and Blood cosplay, and they came up. And but at the same time, it was the only thing that had come up. And I thought, yeah. why well, have not, not more people cosplayed from this from this amazing um game? So I thought I will take that opportunity. Uh, <laughs> and now <laughs> people can't get rid of me because I will cosplay anyone and everything. It seems like. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So I guess this is, you know, that was partly an answer to my follow-up question, which is really just like, what is the future? Like, what do you, you know, you said you were doing as a hobby, maybe you're kind of taking it as, you know, as it came, but have you Mm -hmm. thought about what you, like, what your future plans are or what some goals you you maybe want to achieve? Mm, I think my next biggest goal is to do um, a lot more, like, detailed and like bigger cosplays if that makes Mm -hmm. sense so more armor more like special effects um so a lot of the adult heroes have got insane like outfits and appearances um i feel like that would be a really good goal to maybe pick one of those and work on it as like a longer term project because i'd really like to do it justice um i am doing some other like um not necessarily hero cosplays but more like card inspired cosplays Mm -hmm. so i did tease (laughs) I did do like a little funny teaser on my Twitter um, about one particular card um, that I might be trying to recreate, which is going to be very fun, <laughs> very difficult to do, but I, I felt like I would give it a shot. So all of the like Everfest nice previews, I've got some insane artwork. They're just absolutely insane. So I feel like specific like card art is inspiring me a lot as well as like heroes, adult and young ones as well. So can you give us uh, give us a little spice? Tell us what's on the horizon. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> how do I explain this? So I had actually been speaking to the artist behind the card art for Crown of Reflection. So the illusionist mm. like new headpiece. Um, I was really inspired when I saw it. It was so beautiful. I loved the lighting in it. It was very sort of just like breathtaking. I found it was like this beautiful woman like submerged in the water yeah. sort of holding this crown. And I, I had joked saying, oh, you know, I'm going to fill up my bathtub and <laughs> I'm going to go with this. And then I sat down and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to try and do my best. So I started doing a little bit of crafting of the crown um, and trying to set up something to recreate it as best as I can with <laughs> the resources I have to deal with. Um, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I have to, like, I'm thinking back to the art. I think I can kind of picture it in my mind. Yeah, where she's like the girls coming out of the water with that yes. nice crown of reflection. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. I, I was really like the Levia one really surprised yes. me, right? Because like that, you know, I think that that's one of the ones that would have been like, 
you know, if you did it daily, it was like, okay, now do Levia, right? Because that one's like totally out there. It's like crazy. Yeah, Obviously, the, yeah. it has the younger one, which is a bit a bit easier or a bit more reasonable <laughs> to pull off. But I mean, oh, it, yeah. it worked out super, super well. I'm, I Thank really want to see this uh, a, da- a Data Doll cosplay. And we got the... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can't you know, when I <laughs> Data Doll was like one of the first card arts I saw for Fashion Bird. And I was really? like, wow, she looks awesome. That's like an awesome card. No promises. But I did say, you know... Ideally, the long-term goal is to mm-hmm. do every hero to some extent. So I've got my work cut out for me. <laughs> this 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 game is great because it's got so much inspiration, so much content for me to take it and do what I do best, like to get inspired by. So I really don't feel like I'll ever experience that kind of art block that I had before with like, what should I do? It's It's got so much amazing art behind it. Yeah, for sure. So... What kind of inspirations do you take other than flesh and blood? Do you, because I think when I was watching back uh, Red Zone Rogues podcast, you mm. um, you do some kind of, usually some, sometimes some anime podcasts, maybe some other games. Like, where does a lot of your other inspiration outside of flesh and blood come from? Mm. So, um, probably like you said, anime and video games has mm. always been my uh, like origin for my passion behind cosplay. So, I started doing like a lot of, um, uh, cosplays from the anime One Piece, which I absolutely love. It's just so crazy, so out there, so imaginative with its character designs, um, like so diverse as well, which is where I really got inspired to sort of just go crazy, go out there. Um, also, um, I did play some Warhammer 40k for a while as well, and that fantasy aspect I really like in terms of making armor, going like really crazy with makeup. Um, so anything like fantasy related is like my baby <laughs> where I really get inspired behind. Do you have any interest in like fantasy books and things like that? I'm a bit of like, I ask only because, um, my current partner is like a, she's like a super fan for fantasy Aww. books. Um, super Brandon, super big Brandon Sanderson fan specifically. Um, yeah. But do you have any sort of you know, favorite fantasy books? Um, let me see. I loved reading The Hobbit um, when mm. I was younger, and Lord of the Rings is like all-time favorite. Could rewatch that as many times as I could. Um, I really liked um, playing like The Witcher Three as well, and I've been meaning to read the the original original book as well. That's something I'd really like to read. Did you watch the TV show on Netflix? I did. I love it. <laughs> How's the second season? I haven't seen it yet. I've only watched um, a little bit of it. I need to sort of, I'd like to sit down and like watch it all in like one sort of binge session. Um, but um, I've heard mixed things about the second season compared to the first, but um, that's not going to stop me from uh, <laughs> from enjoying it. For sure. All right. So let's let's talk about Everfest. Um, obviously, okay. we're recording this on, you know, Sunday on the 30th and we've mm-hmm. gotten quite a bit of spoilers now. It looks, it's crazy. What what are you excited about seeing some of these cards that are coming across? It could be from an artistic perspective or from a gameplay perspective, but mm-hmm. what's really, you know, what are you pumped about? Definitely, hands down, uh, Dreadball, the new Ranger weapon. I would say uh, I'm so excited for that one. I, I'm really hoping that I pull that um, from my uh, my boxes that I'm getting. I really, really would like that. If not, I will definitely buy it. <laughs> I've got to have it. <laughs> I think it's going to be really cool for Azalea to have um, try that out. Um, so that's for Ranger. For Guardian, I think I'm most excited for Pulverize. <laughs> 
as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is everything I've ever dreamed of for a Guardian. <laughs> yeah. Big, massive attack. Um, I think it has, is it Heave as well, the new yeah. mechanic? That's really exciting as well. All these new mechanics I, I'm really excited to see in action. Yeah, this way of investing into the next turn with you know creating the seismic surge tokens by mm-hmm. you know, having that open arsenal. Um, it's really interesting in terms of like you know you mentioned that you like to play guardian because you like big attacks and you like to go mm-hmm. tall. It's definitely the perfect set for it because I've never ne- seen numbers as big as I've seen on some of these Everfest cards. What do you think about the new Bravo? I love him. <laughs> as soon as I saw the art for him, I was like, this guy is going to be really interesting. Um, the whole like elemental aspect to to New Bravo, I think I've heard like mixed things about it. Um, I think it's just going to be a really different way to play Guardian. I don't think people will know what to expect until they play against him for the first time. Um, I did misread the card the first time I read it. I thought it was um, I thought it was or in the sense that it, you need to show like. Um, was it like lightning or earth? I thought, mm. but then I realized it's and, and I was like, oh, okay, that's a little bit more interesting. I have no idea how um, how to build that deck specifically, but I think it's, I, I really like the mixing of like the different like class types. So Elemental Guardian um, with um, Oldham, I really like. I really like Oldham's playstyle. So I think with New Bravo is going to be a really interesting contender for that as well. Yeah, it's a wild card. I mean, it's going to have the largest card pool of any here on the game, from what I understand. Oh, yeah. And you're right, it is revealing all of them, which is crazy, but the payoff is ridiculous. Dominate mm-hmm. and plus two. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I honestly, it's one of the harder ones to envision, because like we can all be like, okay, so yeah, when you do come around to like that one time you get the three in hand, or you set up your deck correctly, then you mm-hmm. get this big attack. But... I have a hard time envisioning exactly what like the turn by turn looks like with that here. And I think that yeah. it, it could be absolutely crazy. Um, oh yeah. But that one, yeah, it looks, it looks awesome. And it's really, so we had a, um, Everfest is like, you know, it's a supplemental set. We had one before, which was crucible Four, and we just had a, they gave us a lot of young heroes and mm-hmm. now in Everfest, we're getting, you know, this adult hero that came out of nowhere and it's like, yeah, what does this what does this mean for <laughs> like class constructed and supplemental sets in general? We're gonna see more adult heroes like this, and especially with Bravo. Um like this one is nobody would have expected this. Nobody even like, yeah, we're gonna get a new Bravo that can use every single element and that and it like just has Ugh. this, you know, has this like different name, Bravo Star of the Show. So totally crazy, shaking up the get like shaking up the game, design, everything, and I think that it's just super, super exciting. Oh yeah. I um I'd like to see because now Bravo has got like three different va- variations now to him. I would like to see where they go with sort of maybe doing something for another hero as well. Yes, right. I can future plans. I I'm reading your mind right now, and you're thinking about Kano and me too. Yes, <laughs> Kano would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've been kind of yeah. It's it's kind of a joke at this point, but I've been you know holding my breath for a little too long, waiting for some Kano support. So <laughs> might actually might actually get it in this one. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. The previous season was executed amazingly, and I had the pleasure of opening a pack, and it looks fantastic. The new packaging is also way better than the old one. Yes, <laughs> it's incredible. yeah. Yeah, so they're making some awesome initiatives over there. 
Anyway, Chalice, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me today. It was awesome to get to meet you, and it's fascinating to see you know your viewpoint of the game and look at it through your perspective. Before we head out, though, do you want to tell everybody, everybody here, where they can find you, your socials? Um, you know, all that good stuff. The shilling, as we like to call it. <laughs> Time for the shilling. Um, so I'm mostly active on Twitter um, under the username Miss underscore Chalice. I'm also on Instagram, Miss underscore Chalice as well. Awesome. So check her out. Like she said, she's got the what, crown. Is it Crown of Reflection? Is that, is that the yes, name of the crown? Yeah. Crown of crown Reflection election. coming up. Book it in. I'm excited to see where you take that, whether you extrapolate upon the original artwork, right? Because... You know, the the character is a bit submerged, whether if we get to see like a creative take on like what the rest of the character looks like or whatever it goes, it's going to be exciting. So <laughs> hopefully, thank you. Oh, yeah, hopefully we see you in 2022 at the in-person events. We get to see that cosplay in real life. That'll be super exciting. Surely there's going to be a bunch of callings in Europe in 2022. I will hopefully be in that area at some point. And yeah, we got a lot of stuff in the ahead of us for the future. And I'm <laughs> super excited. But again, thank you so much for joining us. It was awesome to get to talk to you until next time. We'll see you all in the next episode.